Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honored that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi and welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to be recording this for you. I recorded a very similar one several years back, but today's one is better and longer. And I know that you are going to love all of the questions that I have for you that you could ask your fertility specialist. It's something that I am asked many, many, many times. And whether that is because it's your first appointment, whether that's because you're going for a review appointment, but everybody always wants to know what is it that I'm going to ask when I'm sat there in the office looking in the face at my fertility specialist because you're paying all this money and you don't want to waste the opportunity that you have. So, Stay tuned because I have 16 questions. Don't recommend asking all of them, so pick and choose. But I have 16 questions today that you can ask your fertility specialist. And I want to let you know first, before we start, two things. The first thing is, I can't tell you just yet, but next week on the podcast, or if you follow me on Instagram, I've got something very cool that I'll be announcing. So make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode because this is something very cool and very big and I'm it it's very exciting for me and I don't even know how it's all come together so incredibly well. uh, And that's probably testament to all of the incredible friends that I have. However, Stay tuned for next week. Number two thing that I want to let you know is you don't have to remember all of these questions. If you go to the show notes, you will see that I've listed them all out for you. You don't need to subscribe. You don't need to do anything. I've listed out the questions and then you can pop on to like robinberkin.com slash blog if you want to go then onto your computer and actually copy them and print them off. So you don't have to subscribe. You don't have to enter anything. If you want a copy of these questions, you can just go to the blog or the show notes uh, and you'll have those handy. So have you ever had an appointment at the fertility clinic and felt like you wanted to ask questions? You wanted to take full advantage of this moment It's a really important question. You're like, come on, there's a lot of stake here, but you felt like you have no idea what you would ask or you've got into the appointment and you've froze. Uh, And I want to let you know that if you feel like you had all these questions in your head and then you got in there and you forgot every single one of them, that is possibly because your brain has essentially like switched from your prefrontal cortex into your limbic system. The limbic system is the highly emotional area in our brain when we kind of have like one or the other. When we're feeling stressed about something, and you may feel that way when you are in a fertility clinic appointment, then what happens is our prefrontal cortex doesn't really work that well. And so, you know, like when we go into fight or flight mode, that's kind of the area of the brain that goes offline. 
That's the area of the brain that is responsible for problem solving, rational thinking, all of that executive functioning kind of goes online when we enter that fight or flight, when we're feeling really nervous, right? So if that's you, that's okay. So that's where it is helpful for you to maybe even have your questions written down. And then you can choose in the appointment whether or not you want to ask these questions. So what I've got for you is 16 questions you can ask. Before I do that, there's six things that I want to let you know or have a chat to you about, about your doctor and your experience at the clinic, because what I want for you is to feel as calm as possible in that appointment, right? And I really hope that you absolutely love this episode and find it really practical and actionable. So the first thing that I want to let you know about your fertility specialist is they're human beings too. They are not gods. They are not robots. They're a human being too. And in actual fact, there is actually even the possibility that your fertility specialist has also experienced fertility issues. The rates of infertility loss within the medical community are actually higher than the normal average. Whether that's a result of stress, long hours, whatever it is, you know, people don't 100% know, you know, whether that's because of shift work, people don't know. But the rates amongst your fertility specialist and other doctors of infertility is actually higher than the general population. They feel it too. A lot of them are like, in their minds, I wish you didn't have to be here. They feel for you. And sometimes they might not even show it. Sometimes their language might be a bit off, particularly when we're dealing with pregnancy loss. And sometimes that's a liability thing. Sometimes that's just because they're doctors and they trying to navigate this in the best way that they know possible. But generally, as human beings, they're feeling this too, okay? When you're there for a review appointment because your cycle hasn't worked, I promise you they're disappointed for you as well. The next thing that I want to say is just because they wear a white coat doesn't mean they have all the answers. IVF, the first IVF baby has literally just turned 40. That's such new science. There's still so much that we don't know and there is so much research coming out all of the time. You can't possibly expect them to know every single answer about everything. It's definitely worth always asking, but know that they don't always have all the answers and they don't always get it right. And that's where sometimes when you go to a different fertility specialist, they might give different advice or have a different opinion as well. So you don't need to be feeling like they're God, they have all the answers, and you know your body best of all. So give yourself credit for being an expert on your own body as well, and I don't want you to feel intimidated by their white coat. The next thing I want to let you know is that they likely have a time limit for your appointment. They have probably allocated 15, 20 minutes for your appointment, and you may have a lot of questions. So if you have a lot of questions, ask them, can I next time book a longer appointment? Or maybe you can say, is there a nurse practitioner who can help me answer some of these questions? Or what's a better way to answer these questions? But never feel like you have to be rushed or that if you have questions, you can't have those unanswered. There are ways to have your questions answered and you should feel, especially when 
the stakes are so high for your life and when you are paying such good money that is hard-earned that you have the right to feel fully confident and have all of your questions, concerns, everything answered. So, But know that they may well have a time appointment, a time limit on your appointment. Again, they don't know everything and all of them read different research. So some of them might have special interests in certain areas. Some of them may have different opinions on, you know, how many IVF cycles or how many IUI cycles. Some of them aren't up to speed with some of the latest research. Some of them particularly keep up to speed with what's happening with regard to complementary therapies. So know that they're a human being. They can't possibly know every single thing there is to know in the entire world or every single research study out there. Again, know that their personal beliefs may sometimes impact their recommendations. So they may have personal beliefs about different things and know that there is the potential for that to impact their recommendations. And the very last and most important thing I want to let you know before we start our questions is you can get a second opinion. If you're still not sure, if you're questioning the advice that they're giving, if you're like, this isn't feeling right or I have niggles, just get a second opinion. And I promise you, they care less about it than you think. It's actually super common. And actually, many doctors themselves frequently get second opinions. So know that, you know, and like, even if they did feel affronted by it, who gives a shit? <laughs> this is your life. This is a big decision for you. So you deserve, again, you are worthy. The stakes are high. You deserve to feel fully confident in the decisions that are being made. Okay, so let's dive into some questions. I have 16 questions for you to ask your fertility specialist. And again, there's a printout of, you can print these out from the blog, robinberkin.com slash blog. So question number one, and they're not really in any particular order, is do you offer grants or any financial support packages? So particularly in the United States, a lot of clinics will have grants. Some of them might have like a monthly, almost like a, I hate saying this, but like lottery. Some of them may even have printouts or resources of other grants that are around. And some of them will offer things like payment plans, or they may have affiliations with financing companies that can help support you through that. Definitely always worth asking the question whether that exists because sometimes if you don't ask, you don't get. Number two, where do you sit on complementary therapies such as acupuncture, naturopathy? I always find this a really interesting and telling question. Even if they say, like, doesn't always matter what the answer is specifically for different things, but that's going to give you a really good insight into whether or not they are open to you sort of building your team. And I always advocate for building your team. Again, your doctor can't know everything and they come at things from a completely different angle than, for example, your naturopath. So, and I always think that's really valuable and helpful. The way that they respond to that question is going to give you a really good indication of generally how open-minded they are and how set in their ways they are with certain things. It's also going to give you quite a good indication of 
how up to speed they are with research and things like that because some of them will say, the research indicates this, 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 this. You can also then do your own research, obviously, but I always find it a really telling question because if they shut you down and say, no, you just stick with my plan, you'll be like, this person is not super open-minded, super old-fashioned. Whereas if they say, yeah, we don't mind, we like to work with you, you know, we like you to let us know what supplements you're on and we like to share results, you know, and they take much more of a collaborative approach, hello, that's what generally what you want. So it's a very telling question. Number three. Do you have or can you recommend any mental health or emotional wellness support services within Australia? And I've had some people say, well, actually, that was never offered to me. It should be in Australia. If you go into an IVF cycle, they should offer you or they even before they commence, you shouldn't be able to commence a cycle without having a session with a psychotherapist who specializes in infertility. Now, I want to let you know that may or may not be valuable to me. So I actually never found that valuable. I I just didn't gel with the therapist. And I find that in terms of emotional wellness, etc., for some people, therapy is great. For some people, they need something more actionable and practical, which is where I have the life coaching program that I offer, for example. And you'll find that also in the United States, for example, some people will have also counsellors and therapists on hand. For some people, it's free. For some people, there's a service. There are some clinics who have mind-body programs, such such as the one that I offer. There's a whole range out there. At the very, very least, when 76% of women going through fertility treatments report significant symptoms of anxiety, the more people who ask, even if the answer is no, we don't provide anything, the more people who ask, the more your fertility clinic starts to know that this is something that their consumers want. So at the very least, ask that to start changing the tide in the way that fertility treatments are delivered. It's like literally my biggest goal in life. Number four, do you have any BMI limits? So this is for all of my women who are in bigger bodies. And I think this is really important to ask. Again, this is a very telling question. There are clinics who have no BMI limits, right? And there are clinics who have BMI limits. And the the advice and the way that fertility clinics will work with women in bigger bodies is so radically different. You deserve, even if you're in a bigger body, or it doesn't matter what body you're in, what regardless of your body size, you deserve to have first-class treatment and you deserve to feel heard and validated. Even if your clinic has BMI limits, just even asking this question will give you an idea of how they are likely to work with you if you're in a bigger body. Are they actually going to look at your test results? Are they actually going to ask you what your lifestyle looks like, if you have a history of eating disorders, ask that question on BMI and you'll then start to know very clearly what your clinic thinks and how your clinic responds to BMI. Know that just about every woman I know on the planet has been dieting for their entire life. Just 
one in four women who diet will develop an eating disorder and many of the women who I've worked with at like a mental health level who are in a bigger body have had an eating disorder and work their butts off to try and maintain their weight. So I get my back up a lot when doctors start spouting like restrictive diets and things like that to women in with bigger BMIs without first asking them really important questions about their lifestyle if they have a history of eating disorders, etc., and working with them collaboratively. Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. Just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional well-being, resilience and conception tips to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website at robinberkin.com or on Instagram at robinberkin. All right, let's get back to it. Number five, what supplements do you recommend? This is also a really telling question because some of them are just going to be like, eh, whatever, just a prenatal. Some of them might go through different supplements with you. But I think this is the other thing that I think is really important to acknowledge is that sometimes the medications and the supplements that your fertility clinic will recommend clash with the supplements that you will get, particularly from traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and sometimes naturopaths as well. It's really important that everyone's collaborating together rather than you just talking about you know, your supplements with your fertility specialist, then just talking about you know, supplements with your naturopath. Let's say you're on a particular medication even from your, from your fertility clinic and then your Chinese acupuncturist has given you some Chinese herbs and the Chinese herbs are essentially working against what your fertility clinic has given you. So opening up the conversation about supplements, about medications and opening up that conversation that, you know, tell me what you recommend and are they just going to recommend janky ones or are they going to tell you to look for supplements that have X, Y, Z? It's such a good question because when you start to ask questions outside of just, you know, like tell me about the cycle and how much dose of Clomid am I taking, you start to get a very good picture of how and whether your doctor has a more holistic approach. Which brings me to my next one, question six. What lifestyle interventions do you recommend? So much of our fertility is impacted by our lifestyle, by our exercise, our diet, to a lesser extent, but still influenced by environmental factors. So your doctor should at least knowing that, you know, they're not an expert in, for example, nutrition. They're an expert in medications and surgeries to support you having a baby. But knowing that, they should be looking at that as part of the picture of what could increase and optimize your chances of conceiving, I think is really important. So if they say nothing in particular, you're fine, you can be like, do they really have my best interests? at heart? Do they at least have a handout or something with some resources that you can go to? And again, we need to be asking fertility clinics to provide more of this because they're the people who we're paying like upwards of $20,000 per cycle to. So they should at least be putting together recommendations of resources that you can draw from. The next question, and I love asking this, is are you 
able to please break down the general timeline and the path for me? Like, what is this all going to look like? And I love asking this question because, and this this really helped me. This really helped me on my cycles as well because I said to my specialist at one point, "What like what's the game plan here? Is this just keep doing the same shit for two years and then you'll be like, no, there's no hope for you? The other reason I like asking, you know, what's the general timeline here is because then you're going to get a really good idea of, okay, you're going to meet with me, you know, every three months and we're going to do this. You're going to, we're going to work on this for the next two years and then see how, then we'll recommend other things. You get just a general sense of how long they're willing to do the same thing again and again, etc. The next question is kind of similar to one of the ones that we've had before. And so again, you can pick and choose these in the way that you best want to ask it, or you can just bring all of the questions and see which ones come up for you at an appointment. But the reason why you might say, what do we need to be doing at our end is because sometimes partners are reluctant to make any lifestyle changes at their end. Also, again, in terms of lifestyle changes, you don't, if a doctor says to you, you don't need to do anything, I, you know, it's quite important for them to acknowledge that there's things that will play a part at your end. I think it's also important for you to know both you and your partner do not have to be strict, gluten-free, dairy-free, fun-free, soy-free, everything-free, really strict. So your doctor will give you, hopefully, some common sense recommendations Stay away from marijuana. Don't drink too much. No more than, uh, what is it, 70 milligrams of coffee per, or is it 200 milligrams of coffee per day? But what can we do to improve our chances of conception? Hopefully they're going to talk to you a bit about sperm health as well. What are your views on diet and exercise? And you may even want to ask, this is a question that I get all the time, is about how much exercise is okay. I love Dr. Sasha Huckman, MD's, summary on her website about how much exercise is okay. And generally the recommendation is whatever exercise you've been doing before is generally okay. I think they say about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of exercise per day is fine. You just wouldn't want to start training for a marathon when you start trying to conceive. You don't want to be doing complete burnout exercise. And then when you are about to go through stims in preparation for an egg retrieval, that's where you want to be careful of ovarian torsion. So it's not necessarily like a output thing so much as a movement twisting thing. Really important to ask your doctor that question, especially if you're preparing for stims. Can you talk to me about any exercise recommendations? You may ask again, can you tell me the game plan? So what you want to know from them is an explanation of how the cycle will go, what they're looking for. So, okay, so first we're going to put you on to Clomid. This is going to stimulate, you know, this hormone that's going to then produce lots of eggs. Then we're going to, on day, you know, seven, we're going to go through an ultrasound to check how your follicles are developing. You want them to explain what the cycle is. If that doesn't work, then we're going to do this. The next question is, can you please write those names down for me? So your doctor might 
rattle off some names of medications or like some cycle names. Oh, we're going to do a sandwich cycle or we're going to do an antagonist cycle or we're going to do this protocol or and then we're going to do uh, to Femara. And if they can write those names down, then you can go back and at your leisure. So you might be in your appointment and completely bamboozled, overwhelmed, fight or flight system, blah, 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 blah. And then you get out of the appointment, you can't remember a thing they said. So if they can write down the names, then at least you can go home and check what they've said. Feel, okay, this medication is here to do this. It's going to stimulate this hormone. That's why we're going to use that in this cycle. So to have them write that down for you is going to help you if you get out of that appointment, you're like, blah, 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 what did they just say? And now I can't remember. And now I want to circle back and do my own research. So just asking, can you write that down for me? The next question, can you give me a rough percentage success rate? I kind of like, even if they say, I can't give you that, I kind of like asking that question because sometimes they will answer that and then sometimes it can help you reframe your thoughts or what they're expecting because they see if you're going to a fertility specialist, fertility clients like you all the time. They're doing there's multiple retrievals every single day at your clinic. So they should have an idea based on your particular circumstances of what that's going to look like. So it might be the percentage of success, might be the percentage of eggs that get fertilized. Even if they can just guess, can you give me a rough you know, percentage of what that's going to look like? Then you can have a bit of an idea of you know, what that's going to be for you. Question number 13, can you give me a printout of results? If I had one question, just one question that I wanted every single person to ever ask, it's that. Can you give me a printout of my results? There is something empowering about having your results yourself in writing. It's also really easy if you start the process by always asking for a printout of your results because if you then choose to go get a second opinion at another stage, you don't need to go back to your clinic to ask for that information or you don't need to ask for as much information. If you go see a naturopath and they say, do you have any results? You'll have it on hand. When they do new blood test results, you can compare. Blood test results are so much easier than we think to read and interpret. They have ranges. So you might go to your specialist or your doctor and say, they'll say, this you know, in any circumstance, your vitamin D is fine. Everything's in the normal range. But let's say the normal range is 30 to 150. You might be 30. <laughs> so there's a very big difference between in an acceptable range and being in the optimal range. You might be right at the bottom or right at the top or right under the bottom. So I think it's also that's really important to ask and to be able to see it for yourself, to know if they've run any blood tests that you weren't aware of. Seriously, it happens all the time. Or to know what blood tests they might have run but didn't run. So I don't talk about it often, but I have a, 
a little bundle called the Get Pregnant Pronto Pack. So I think it's robinbirkin.com slash getpregnantpronto. It's super cheap. But what that has in is how many pages? It's like a good probably six pages of blood tests that your clinic may run. There's even a special section there for people who've had uh, recurrent loss with what are the blood tests that you would run for recurrent loss. And I mean, it's a comprehensive list. I haven't put together, here's the four basic things that they should run. So it's probably likely that your clinic has will not have run all of those, but maybe you may choose to get some of those run privately or may choose if you feel like you don't have enough answers to go and see a naturopath to have more blood tests run. But if you don't have a printout, you don't know what they've run. You don't know what your results were and you can't compare in future circumstances. So if there is one question that I wished everybody would ask, that's the one. So the next question, number 14, which might be helpful to you is how often do you repeat blood tests? They might repeat or they should repeat things like STIs every year. And this is the thing that happened to me is I did not test positive when I first went to the fertility clinic for autoimmune stuff. It was only after I'd been at the fertility clinic for a year and had myself retested by my GP for other things that it had turned positive. So the reason you land at a fertility clinic may not be the reason that you continue to have fertility issues. You can develop other conditions and things like that as you're at the clinic. So ideally, you want some tests to be repeated yearly at least. So it's a good question to ask and a good thing to consider. If no one's repeated your tests in three years, red flag, get them repeated. The next question is, if you can't find this readily and some clinics don't publish it readily, is where can I find your success rates and your accreditations? Whenever I talk about finding clinic success rates, I think it's also really important to note different things that may fa- they may influence success rates. So for example, are they counting pregnancies or just live births? Are they separating women who are over 35, women who are over 40? Are they separating the LGBTQ community? Typically, um, LGBTQ couples don't have fertility issues. So therefore, you would expect that success rates would be higher because you'd be in optimal fertility. So just knowing, for example, what questions to ask and then and like ha- taking their success rates with a grain of salt. Um, some clinics may appear on the outside to have poor success rates. However, that might be because they're just including uh, like all of the people or maybe all you're seeing is the people who are over 40. Maybe they don't do a lot of LGBTQ couples or maybe you have a clinic that has really great success rates. That's because they specialize in LGBTQ couples and therefore have a 75% plus success rate. They also have BMI limits. They also will steer clients away from you know fertility treatments if they're over 40. There's just a lot to take into consideration, but it'll give you a bit of an idea. So always take any success rates from anyone with a grain of salt because you don't know who they're turning away or who they're welcoming in. 
The very last question, and this is a really important question to ask. Does your clinic work specifically with infertility patients? And if not, what's the percentage? And this is a big thing that I recommend for everyone, and I've said this over many podcasts before. You don't want to be seeing like just an OBGYN clinic or it's fine if you have a clinic that does, you know, gynecological stuff as well, but you need to have an understanding that someone who sees PCOS three times a year is not going to probably have as much expertise knowledge as someone who sees PCOS clients three times a day. So you surely want to be at the clinic who sees PCOS all the time, who can be like, right, this is what's going to work for this PCOS client. This is lean PCOS, you know, know all about it and be really well informed, have worked with lots of clients with that before. So I think that's always something really important to you know, you may not need to ask the question because you already know the answer, but if you don't know the answer to that question, understanding whether they are a clinic who primarily deals with infertility patients versus someone who primarily deals with pregnant patients or other conditions. So that's my 16 questions. As I said before, you can head to robinbirkin.com slash blog if you want to print those off. Do you have any other questions that I should add? Do you have any feedback on that? I'd love to know. You can reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is just at robinbirkin, so R-O-B-Y-N-B-I-R-K-I-N. That's also my website address. So you, that's where you can find me. Reach out. Let me know. Did I miss a question? Should I add more questions? Was there a question in there that you were like, yes, I really needed to know that? I would love to know. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for the news that is coming next week. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Fertility Warriors. We'll meet you again same time next week. Before you go, though, if you do need some further support, then we encourage you to come and join us at the Mind Body Fertility Reset, the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility. In the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times sustainable and small steps lifestyle support helping you conquer your diet goals your movement goals cut out toxins and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way and lastly and what i think is most importantly emotional well-being Infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey and it's really hard when we haven't learnt the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times. So in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community, we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey. To find out more, visit us at robinburkin.com slash mindbodyfertilityreset. And lastly, we need to let you know that 
Any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.